Welcome to the Dead Elephants podcast featuring Duncan and Chris. Looks like it's time to tackle another elephant in the room. Welcome back. Episode 10. Hey, yeah, double digits. <laughs> we haven't been cancelled yet. I'm very excited by no, that. No, not yet. There's still time. <laughs> looking forward to it. Uh, looking forward to that first really, really abrasive email. You guys are terrible. We need to shut this down. We have had a few though, right? We, we Listen, we have. And I, I think episode 10, it's time to do a bit of a listener mailbag. Yeah. Are you okay with that? Absolutely. I mean, the whole point of this is to be real for real people. And part of that is feedback and comments and questions. So yeah, People's Champion Podcast. Excellent. Okay, so we've uh, we've obviously week to week, if you do have a dead elephant question, you can let us know. Please. Uh, I've actually got a few here. Can, right. I, can I run them by yeah. you? Okay, so this is from Luke and I'm just going to read it as they come through, okay? Uh, the whole church supporting slavery in the south of the USA during Confederate and during South African apartheid, euthanasia. A lot of my friends talk about assimilation and a hot topic even with Black Panther 2 representing mine culture was pretty much eradicated by the Spanish Catholics. Can you talk about those? Sweet. Wow. <laughs> So we've got our next three seasons locked away, right? Yeah. So so we've got slavery. In various different places. Yeah. We've got uh, euthanasia. Yes. That's a hot topic. Yes. Um, Mayan culture that was eradicated by the Spanish Catholics. I guess you could throw in there um, the Crusades. So that's well. like all the bad stuff the church has done over time. Yes. Is it fair just to point them to John Dixon's podcast? And, sure. Because I mean, let's he, outsource that bad boy. But because he does handle a lot of that uh, revisionist Christian history well. Yeah. So uh, what's it called? How the church is better and worse than you? Yes. So Undeceptions is his podcast, but he's written a book about how the church is better or, and and worse yeah. than what you expected. We're not going to get it right, John Dixon. You can complain. You're very good at but it. But let's do euthanasia at some point. Absolutely. And the slavery question, I think, is good. Excellent. Yep. Okay. Uh, got one. Could you do something on transgender? Seems to be a good topic at the moment. That's from Dan. Yeah. I mean, we're going to do that coming up. That's, that's next after this episode. And I think I've had a bunch of people ask about the sexual identity family of elephants, if you like. And I think you and I have been not wary to do them. Like we're down for them, but not wanting to go to them straight away just because it feels like the easy elephant and we don't just want to be about issues of sexuality. Yes. But yeah, I mean, if we're going to do this podcast with integrity, of course, we're going to do LGBTQI plus issues as we go on. Okay. So that's on the list. Uh, how dark and curly are you thinking, guys? I work in mental health, so suicide, is that a bit heavy, but it's my nine to five. I'd love to hear you talk about yeah. it. That's Ella. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. We've spoken about depression. We are going to do another separate one on anxiety, maybe some other mental health disorders as well. And yeah, I think it's important at some point to do a specific episode on suicide, um, both pastorally and theologically. So yes, definitely. That one will probably come with a warning as well. Totally. We knew that the depression one was going to bring up a lot of feelings. And yep. So yeah, it's in the book. We're going to do it. And isn't that such a cool concept of the elephants that there's so many? Like, oh I'm, yeah, I'm excited by that. All right, let's keep going. Uh, would Jesus have followed a group of friends slash acquaintances into a gay bar, not a strip club, if they were in the midst of a prime theological or evangelical discussion? The idea being, what's the focus on public perception? Hey, look, Jesus is entering a gay bar. He must be into a gay lifestyle. 
Right. Thanks, Jono, for that one. Thanks, Jono. Uh, that'll be an exciting one when we get to it. Yeah. Uh, now, oh, the other thing I, I got was feedback yep. on one of the episodes. Mm-hmm. So we were... What did you say? Well, I haven't said anything, but I feel like it, we need to create probably within the podcast a space, not necessarily a sorry space, but sometimes it might be a sorry space, yep. where if we do make a mistake, we'd like permission to apologize for that mistake. Maybe we should call it like tail between the legs. Tail between the legs. Okay. <laughs> So this is from Kara and yes. she said, I had an issue with Chris's interpretation of Genesis 1. He implied that only Adam was given authority to steward creation and I wanted to point out that Genesis 1.27 said men and women were created in the image of God and therefore steward creation together. Yeah, totally agree. Okay. So no problem in acknowledging that. Um it was an oversight. It was not an intentional theological statement. Yep. I think that was in the entrepreneurship episode. It maybe. certainly was. Can you say entrepreneurship yet? Have you entrepreneurship? That's better. I'll I give still it. Still want to roll the R. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Absolutely. Uh, the call for dominion is both male and female, and just on a meta level, like just to acknowledge, we're not going to be sloppy in the podcast. Yes. But yes, there'll probably be some things that we might have missed the nuance of and very, very happy to acknowledge that if someone wants to chime in and say, hey, you might just want to reframe that. We're not going to be sloppy and we're not going to be perfect. We'll be somewhere in between, but we will have moments. Perhaps that was just, we just needed to say men and women and we just, sorry. And and keep keep letting us know of those things. So yes, just to be crystal clear, yep, men and women, male and female have dominion in creation. No problem saying that. Uh, you, You had a few... Uh, questions. So you had one on dysfunctional church teams. Yeah. So I've had a few people come to me either online or in person and say, Hey, can you talk about this? So one of them was around the presenting issue that they gave was uh, kind of dysfunctional teams manifest in assistant pastors kind of getting shafted at the senior pastor's discretion, who's kind of the immovable object. Oh, yeah. That's a great that's a great dead elephant. Yeah. Okay. Empty nesting. Can you unpack that one? Yeah. So that was from my friend Janet. Janet's awesome. She's just written a book on how do Christians deal with the empty nesting phase. Okay. I think that's a really good topic. I mean, obviously you and I are not there yet. No. But I have seen pastorally people really struggle with their identity, retirement, empty nesting. Suddenly there's these vacuums of how you've always constructed your life. Yes. And this reinvention that has to go with that ultimately under Christ. So, yeah, I think that's a good topic. Beautiful. Women in ministry and preaching. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's a hot topic. Yep. Big one. Let's let's do that. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's all I had. Also, don't forget, if you're using Spotify, you can actually leave comments and replies to every episode we've got a QA and a function if if you don't know how to send us a question that's the easiest way is through the spotify version of our podcast because you can reply you can leave comments you can ask questions that's the easiest way uh today's episode is not actually an awkward scary big conversation we're actually going to try and break up the podcast and have a fun episode every once in a while and today's episode is fantasy sports Fantasy sports. Woo! What on earth are fantasy sports? Well, I... Actually, do you know what? I'll interrupt my own question. If it was not for fantasy sports, this podcast might not exist. Really? Yeah. Fantasy sports is what has 
glued you and I together over the last 20 years, irrespective of time, space and friendship circles. And yet I liked it just to pass time and here we are with a community as a result. Yeah. So, okay, fantastic. Well, before we jump into it, we have a little sharing question. So let's do one quick. Yeah. Well, it's an interesting question because you've just got back from the US after a month. Duncan's living the high life. He's got all his merchandise on right now from, from his recent trip. He's got a, what was it, 300 US dollar lightsaber. Stop, and, you're not meant to say that yeah, out loud. Okay. So with exchange rate, what's that, about half a grand yeah, Australian? Yeah, yeah. It's, a, it's a million dollars. It's, it's custom though. Yeah, it's beautiful. But that's your last trip. What's the next place you want to travel to is the sharing question. Japan in snow season. Have you done that before? Never. Have you done Japan at all? Yes. And I love Japan. Fun fact about me. You ready? You might not know this. Okay. I'm one-eighth Japanese. Get out. Really? It's true. My great-grandfather is Japanese. Unreal. Yeah. Pearl diver. Moved to Australia to dive for pearls in the Torres Strait. That is extraordinary. Yeah. Beautiful place to go. In fact, if you said to me right now after this podcast, we're jumping on a plane and going to the States, sorry, to Japan, I wouldn't even pack a bag. You just go. I just would meet that's, you at the That's airport. a problem in winter though, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, It'd be a nightmare. That's some cold skiing. <laughs> what about you? I think I'd do New Zealand. Beautiful. I've not been to New Zealand. I just see photos and it's like, I think I've always underestimated it because it's so close. But I've had friends come back with photos and it just looks incredible. So, so you've never been? No. Okay, I've been to New Zealand twice. It is as beautiful as those photos demonstrate and new zealand people are extraordinarily friendly and generous yeah it, it's it feels really weird in that the people seem almost the same but the landscape is so different yeah i, I reckon new zealanders or aussies are probably about 90 percent similar <laughs> but the 10 percent different is the most exciting part what is it well i mean culturally you've got a very different um history yes for new zealand yep. and you've got a very uh unique uh, you know, Maoris are, are these renowned fighting, uh, strong, powerful people. Mm. And there's a, there's, a, there's a deep sense of reverence for that and mm. I, I really appreciate that. And I think that's something that in Australia we've kind of lost yep. and we bring back with obviously we're attempting to address that with closing the gap. And, but, but there's if we could embrace that deep reverence for Indigenous cultures within Australia, I think that's – something that we could learn from our yep. New Zealand counterparts. And it's beautiful the way yeah. it plays out in everything. So, um, okay. yeah. All right. Okay. So let's talk fantasy sports. Elephant scale out of 10. Oh, Come on. We're both 10. Tens. Do we even? Yeah. We're, we're both we're, former we're, fantasy commissioners. That's <laughs> true. <laughs> Not Adam Silver. Who was the guy before him? David Stern. Da- we're, we're the David Stearns of fantasy sports. Yeah. So can I, I'll frame up a little bit of how I got into fantasy sports. Sure. So it's 1999 and Yahoo is just releasing this brand new platform whereby you can follow players and it, it's figured out an algorithm for pulling in uh, statistics. Yep. And you can draft teams. It's all still very much in its infancy. Yep. And I reach out to a group of friends who I feel are as nerdy as me and saying, 2000, could we kick this off and have a go at fantasy basketball? And I have to do a whole bunch of explanation. Basically, it's the statistics of the actual players, 
week to week and we can play it various different ways. And the goal is, is to form through a draft your best possible team and go head to head against other players. And I think it took a while for our, our people to get their heads around, but it's turned out to be a lot of fun when basketball season starts. Yes. <clears throat> so it's basically uh, a, a sport slash nerds integration of everything you've always wanted to do, but you'll never be a sports manager. So, for example, if you pick LeBron James, LeBron James scores 50 points in a game. Your fantasy team, if you have LeBron James, gets 50 points as well. Yes, that's yeah. right. And y- you might be battling someone who's got, you know, Jason Tatum on their team along with Anthony Davis, who is also on LeBron's team. Yes. Those points count towards that other person's total. And So that was in 2000. And is this the league that I am now in? Is that one in the same league? That has continued. Yes. So it morphed into the league that we have now. Yeah. Which if I zoom out on fantasy sports is the, is the joy of this, that this thing has gone for 20 plus years. It brings together what was 18, 19, 20 year old guys. We're now like 40. Yes. And we're still doing it. And that's the joy. <laughs> and if you've seen, there is actually a documentary on fantasy sports called Silly Little Game. Yes. About the guys who invented the concept. And they were basically sports journalists who would run statistics in the New York Times on baseball. They would meet in the Rotisserie Cafe in New York City. And they just had a great time doing it. And so we've spoken about this on other episodes about online gaming particularly. And my reflection on fantasy sports and and what what it teaches us or what the joy is of fantasy sports as a middle-aged man who is not always in community with my close friends face-to-face. Sure. It's just been a great opportunity to keep up with you guys. Ah, okay. So for you, it's that regular connection with a group of peers that you actually like. Like that's part of it. I think, you know, three years ago, our league started a WhatsApp group. Yes. And it's just awesome. Like it, you know, the, the banter, <laughs> it means that you can touch base throughout the year. And it's just, you've talked before about side-by-side ministry. Yes. It's it's like this side-by-side thing that brings people together. I, I think the thing that I appreciate about it is most of the time you hit this certain point of age and at work you've got to carry yourself with a certain demeanor. Yeah. As a parent, as a dad, as a husband, there's a certain demeanor by which you need to carry yourself and there's a lot of pressure on that. Yeah. And for me, fantasy sports is a chance for me to let my hair down with yep. people that I've known for 20 years and just chill out and have some fun. Yep. It's, it's like uh, bubble gum for the soul. I like it. So every year we turn up in these ridiculous basketball. I'm actually wearing a basketball jersey right now. So am I. Steph Curry. So I've got Steph Curry. Duncan's got Devin Booker right now. Yeah. Duncan's gone the T-shirt option though, which is, you know. But I've also got these, these new shorts that say <laughs> oh my All City. I didn't even see that. Bright orange. All City across the crotch. Yeah. Not yet. Yeah. <laughs> it's like they don't just say All City. They, they really say All City. Three weeks in the States and all I did was bought children's clothing <laughs> for an adult. So it, it is so funny on draft day seeing these, again, guys who are now like approach, approaching or over 40 turn up in these basketball shirts and yeah. it's just a hoot. Well, and, and you, you look around the room, you've got a uh, head of marketing for Asia Pacific, you've got senior consulate general appro- um, advisors, you've got heads of industry, you've got heads of companies. And us. And us. 
and they're all dressed to the nines in basketball. It's ridiculous. We're all still eating junk food, Maltesers <laughs> and Pringles. So Duncan caters most years and it's like next level. Well, and so this is one of the things what I appreciate is that we have this one gloriously special day. Yes. And I like having these moments, these memorable signpost days throughout the year. Yeah. And we, we all have them, whether it, you, you've got uh, anniversaries, you've got birthdays, you've got um, uh, a whole bunch of different things that are signposted throughout the year. But this one is just, again, the bubble gum for the soul. It's the... It's the double ice, double scoop ice cream Sunday of the year. Do you remember what James said about Fantasy Draft Day? Famous quote: "Greatest day of the year." <clears throat> when did he say it though? On his was it his wife's birthday? No, it was his wedding anniversary. Wedding anniversary. He told his wife on his wedding anniversary, not joining the dots, <laughs> that Fantasy Draft Day was the greatest day of the year. Oh, I don't know if Cattle ever let him live that down. Mm, so. Uh, but I love the op- opportunity for us to come together, mm. have some fun and celebrate something frivolous because I, I feel like it's the pressure release for a lot of us. And in many ways, this podcast episode is the version of that. Like yeah, I remember when you suggested, I'm like, we can't do an episode on fantasy sports. It doesn't have utility. It doesn't have value. What's the point? And, and that's, that almost is the point. Yeah, You know, like you don't have to, it's not a productive thing. It doesn't bring in money. It doesn't achieve anything. You just look at numbers on a screen. Like it's ridiculous when you really break it down. But isn't it? But we need those moments in life. That's Sabbath though, isn't it? Sure. I I had a fascinating conversation with a buddy who owned a Chick-fil-A while I was in the States a few weeks back. And one of the things he said to me was, Chick-fil-A is the most successful um, franchise in the States by almost 50%. Mm. So the next closest apparently is McDonald's. Chick-fil-A is ahead of McDonald's. By almost 50% in terms of profitability of franchises. Wow. They aren't open on Sundays. No. So out of the seven days of the week, they are closed on Sundays. They don't often do 24-hour service. Yep which McDonald's do both and yet they're 50% more profitable is that sometimes I think for, uh, you know, a community that's high flying pressure situations, just having fun and letting your hair down does so much for your soul. Yeah. Does so much for restoring a whole bunch of issues that you might be having, but just, it's like, yeah, let's just have fun for the sake of having fun. And Truett, Kathy, who's the, who's the founder of Chick-fil-A, Famously for 55 years, kept leading Sunday school at Beautiful. his church every Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. And so there's this huge push. Can we please open Chick-fil-A on Sunday? And it's like, why? That's that's the point. It's doing better because it's closed yep. on a Sunday. Yeah. And so that's what I feel like for fantasy is it's just this kind of therapy for my soul yeah. week to week. <laughs> <laughs> so one of the things you suggested that I love for somebody who has never played fantasy sports is to have a fantasy Bible character mock draft. Okay, so the way this works is Why that, are you bring out a notepad? I don't have a notepad. No, because What I'm, have you done to prepare? Nothing. There's nothing on this piece, piece of paper. So uh, the reason I'm bringing out the notepad is because I want to write down your picks and my picks. <laughs> okay. So I've got them. Um, okay, and so the idea behind this is you can pick yep. from any character within scripture yep. 
to form your best biblical team. Yes, as a parallel to what you do in fantasy sports. So this is like fantasy Bible. Fantasy Bible. <clears throat> Old and New Testament, <coughs> yep. but I feel like we probably need to get some ground rules. So my question is, does Jesus, you know, is, is he on the clock? So we, we rule out the Trinity. <clears throat> God the Father, okay. God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. God's off the table. Here's my question for you, though. Is angels on the table? So could you take Michael? Could you take Gabriel? <laughs> yes. You, you, yeah, why you, not? Why? Because they're, they're not necessarily I, – I, my, in my head I had humans. Dude, Hebrews, the angels are lower than the humans. So you – okay. Where's your theology? It's not that. I'm just saying that if Michael's on the table, <laughs> if you happen Michael to Michael Jordan. If you got Michael and Gabriel, <laughs> then that's – that's a pretty strong starting starting five. If, if that's your strategy, you go for it. I disagree. I could I could bring in Lot and say, "How do you feel <laughs> about angels?" And they he would be like pretty powerful. Sure. So my suggestion would be is we take angels off the table and just have humanity. All right, if you want. So it's, this is a biblical human being mock draft. Okay. Because otherwise we've got to open up the, the the conversation, how many angels are there? Are we just dealing with the three that are in Scripture or could I just call on the four horsemen of the apocalypse? Do they count as one? I've always wanted the see-through one. The see-through oh, horse is yeah. the best, like... Yeah, that's, all right. That's okay. a fair question, right. isn't okay. it? Yeah, no, I hear you. So you yeah. take Gabriel and Michael and I say, I'm taking the four horsemen. Yeah. Is that one? <laughs> Or do I get all four as the four horsemen of the apocalypse? <laughs> all right, humans. Humans only. Okay. Okay. Right. Uh, I need. I, I wish I had a but coin. But theologically that brings Jesus back into the equation. All right. As the guest of the household. Oh, yeah. You get I to, get the number one pick. You get to go first. All right. I'm going to go with Daniel. Daniel. Yes. Daniel was just so good at navigating integrity in a difficult time. I, I just think he in many ways is, I shouldn't say the model, but he's an important model for what it means to be a Christian in an increasingly secular age. I think you're throwing away your first draft bit. I disagree. Um, I'm taking Elijah. Oh, he was my next one. Of course. Go, tell me why. Uh, Prophet Zabal. Sure. Yeah, I, I only have to point to one particular instance, but if you go through the entire lifespan of Elijah, I think he was a, he's an absolute number one pick. All right. Uh, for my number two pick, let's come into the New Testament. I'm going to go with John. John. The disciple Jesus loved. Okay. And the disciple who speaks most about love in the New Testament. I, I like John. Beautiful. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I am going to take humblest guy, uh, Moses. Moses. Yeah. Just to, just to counteract your John draft pick. All right. If anyone's going to shut down John... <laughs> It's going to be Moses. Lockdown defender. He's old school. He's played a much harder game than John. John sure. has the grace of Jesus in the New Testament. Moses does not have that. He's working under the fury of Yahweh and he, he brings <laughs> this it. This is so stupid. He brings it pillar to the post. But it's, it's, the <laughs> okay. it's the best. I always feel like Moses got really hard done by. I feel for Moses. Mate, I'm with it. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. I, that's triggered the idea that Moses wrote a lot of the Bible. So let's go with the other guy that wrote a lot of the Bible and we'll go with Saul slash Paul. Interestingly, I think there's a character study on Paul that suggests that his theology is great. 
don't get me wrong. Sure. And maybe this is another conversation around authority of the Bible, but I think he's a really interesting character to analyze, even post-conversion. Yep. About God still working through imperfect people. Okay. So I'm going with Paul, not because of his perfection or his character, but just because he's just front and center in the Bible. I I often get burnt in fantasy with guys with health issues. <laughs> you picked a guy who potentially has a speaking disorder, who potentially has some kind of an eye injury or a foot injury. We're not quite sure. There's a thorn in his there, flesh somewhere. There is a thorn in his flesh. That's unsettling for sure. me. I don't know if I that's could. That's an injury risk. That's an injury risk. Uh, I'm going to take a controversial pick here. Uh, I'm going to take Solomon. Wow. I'm going for my Bruce... Uh, Bruce Wayne. Yep. Large, large brain on this guy. Sure. Massive wisdom. Yeah. Uh, he he might be. Uh, he might might have some character flaws. He sure does. Uh, but he's the Batman of my ro- of my roster. <laughs> okay. I'm going to take my Dark Knight. I'm taking Solomon. All right. Uh, I'll go with Noah. <laughs> if he didn't get drunk, Noah Noah might have been my number one pick. That high? Yeah. No, man, he's mid. Can you imagine? He's mid to late rounds. (laughs) Can you imagine being told to build an ark in the middle of the desert and the scorn and the mockery that you would have got in a world that had rejected God and faithfully getting laughed at day upon day with hammer and nail? Like that's that's amazing. (laughs) It's Listen, it speaks to perseverance. Yes. He is your blue collar... uh, He's he's cleaning up all the scraps. He's doing all the garbage work. I can see it and I appreciate it. I think it's way high for Noah. I don't know if he <laughs> should be bust. that high. <laughs> uh, I'm going another king. I'm taking David. You know what's funny? How many New Testament guys have we got? There's, there's a lot of Old Testament here. I have not picked a single New Testament wow. person yet. All right, I've got a good one. We're going to break the gender gap here. Okay. Mary. <sighs> What a woman of faith. I should have gone with her earlier, actually. Mary, mother of Jesus. Mary, mother of Jesus. Of Jesus. Like her response in that song okay. as a teenager, wow. The Magnificat has led to a innumerable songs. Yes. Sensational pick. When you actually think about Mary the person and the stage of life and the circumstance, like for her to respond like that, she should have been higher. It's a... I'm actually a bit sad about that. That's a good pick. Yeah. That's a really good pick. And to pick it up, what's that? Sixth round. <laughs> and to be the one to break the gender gap. You you look like a chauvinist now. <laughs> <laughs> Do I respond and take Ruth? I would suggest you should. I'm not doing it now though. <laughs> uh, I am going to go for my sixth pick. Uh, this is my first New Testament character. I am taking wrong Luke wrong Luke why just like the book sure yeah it, listen that that honestly is one of my more favorite gospel books yep also comes in with acts just to clear things yeah. up uh, oftentimes people will say that you're Paul slash Saul wrote most of the New Testament mm-hmm. but word for word volume writer. Luke's the guy. And Luke ministered to Paul. If you, if, if He's I a bit of a hidden hero, isn't he? If Luke? I can't get Paul, I'm yep. going to take his mentor, yep. Luke. All right. Ruth. Oh. <laughs> you chauvinist. Cruel. What a woman of faith. Okay. 
So you've now got two ladies yep. off the board. So um, you, you've, <laughs> you're left with Job's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't even know if I can put them on the same team. What are we at? One, two, three. How many are we doing? Four, ten? five, six. Yeah, I think, I think we go to ten. So how many have I got? You've got six. You've got four more picks. And you've done... One, two, three, four, five, six. So I'm going to pick my sixth now. Okay, go for it. And then after that, I'm going to take um, Elisha. Mm. The Elijah-Elisha combo. You better believe it. It's a good handcuff. It, yeah. I must admit, I don't... If I don't get profit I don't feel points well, from... I don't feel well versed in Elisha. Don't you? Tell me about Elisha. Well, it's either... Either one of them, I can't remember which, and I get them confused. <laughs> That's why you've taken them both, just get, in case. Gets called out for being bald and signals bears to come out of the wilderness and maul children. Right. Do you remember this no. story? Oh, it's an extraordinary story. Um, the Bible scholar will collect, correct me if it's Elijah or Elijah. Sure. They're both on my team, so okay. I don't care. All right. Um, the bear coming to maul children's story is one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. It's a hidden gem in scripture and so that's why I've got Elisha. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go with Josiah. Restores the law of the Lord to Israel in a dark time. Extraordinary pick. Yeah. I can't believe he was still on the board. Yeah. That, that's big. This is actually like fantasy sports in that Duncan gets to kind of this point and goes, man. I didn't even see it. <laughs> Lack of preparation, dude. <laughs> this is classic style, is it? <laughs> I'm scrambling first thing in the morning, trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Um, Jacob. Jacob. Yep. Why? I don't know. Just it's a throwaway pick. All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Joseph. Joseph. Jacob's okay. son. Okay. Joseph is an interesting guy. He starts off... I wrestle with Joseph. Like, yep. is he a jerk at the start of his life? Is he is he a bit arrogant? Like, does he deserve to get thrown into the pit? Probably not. Like, that's probably a bit harsh. But yeah. to be honest, if I'm one of his brothers and he's going around in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, mm -hmm. I'm not loving the guy. However, the redemption of his life and the things you learn through his life... And you look at the longevity of it and the seasons and the faithfulness that he has while he's in prison and part of his wife. And yeah. It's just, oh, man, like I put myself in Jacob's shoes often and ask, would I do the same thing? So i got to take my hat off to the guy. That's a really good explanation. I like that. I'm taking Levi. Levi. Yeah, priestly, uh, priestly line. Jake, uh, Joseph's brother. That's right. Yeah. Uh, again... You need to understand my strategy here. When it comes because I don't. Okay, so when it comes to to fantasy, what I'm trying to do is shut down some of your players. Okay. Okay. So you come in with Joseph. I know that Levi yep. can play Joseph's game. Maybe dare I say even play it a little bit better than Joseph. And and that's the way I'm I'm operating. Is you pick up Paul and Saul. Yep. I know that two rounds later, because he's probably going to be sitting there, I can pick up Luke. It's okay. no big deal. All right. Okay. Yep. So what, what are we at? One, two, three, Ooh. four, five, six, seven, eight. 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 Gee. I'm going to go with Timothy. Timothy. Yeah. I'm going to go the Paul Timothy one, two. I think Timothy. You actually don't know a lot about, you know what Timothy is told. 
Do yeah. we know whether Timothy like followed through on the <laughs> the vision that Paul gave him for ministry? Like we don't actually kind of maybe in church history, maybe beyond the Bible as Timothy starts to get going. Well, I think for me that's that's the danger I have selecting someone like Timothy. There was a lot that had to be explained to Timothy. He was young. Does he Give have him a break? Does he have the capacity for nuance? for innovation. Do not look, let anyone look down on you because of your youth. That says to me, hey, we've got a, a timid individual. <laughs> Timidy. That, yeah, Timidy. <laughs> I, I'm a little bit um, aghast by that pick. That I felt like that could have probably stayed on waiver wise. Sure. You could have picked him up at any stage. All right. Mary Magdalene. Mm. Uh, I've been watching The Chosen and Mary Magdalene is an awesome character in The Chosen. <laughs> that's, that's, yes, I meant that as a supportive like, statement. <laughs> Why is that I, bad? I'm not even going to scripture to say how good <laughs> this human is. We're going over to The Chosen. Yep. It's a TV series. I think there's a lot of hype that's that's written, but written between the lines for Mary. Mary's there at the tomb. Mm. It's empty. Mm. Who's the first person there? It's Mary. Yep. Who's there at Jesus's side in all these different instances, if anyone understands how to champion the the um, the teachings and the ways of Jesus, yep. Mary Magdalene mm-hmm. not only has come through the muck and the mire. Yep. She she for me is a sensational woman of faith. She's also the first female pick I've got on the board. <laughs> so please don't send me any hate mail. All right. Do we know that? Was she a prostitute or is that just one of those things that people say that we don't actually know? Well, I've always assumed that she was. But why? I feel like it's one of those things that we're like told, but as I reflect on, maybe it's an extra biblical. I don't know. Like I just can't actually cite a Bible verse that says explicitly. I'd have to go away and mail do some prep on Listeners, this. If, yeah. you, if you find out, let us know. Yeah. So I've got one more pick, right? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Yeah. All right. So what happens in a fantasy draft is by this point you start getting a bit nervous about whether someone else has taken the player. So if you pick someone that somebody has already taken, you get a lot of shame. And there's there's actually the jersey the of jer- shame. The skin-tight jersey that is like... 20 years ago we could actually wear yes. it and now it's scary to it's, put it on. It's awful. It's like stuffing salami <laughs> into something that it's not designed to be stuffed into. So I don't think this guy's been taken. The Rock of the Church... Simon Peter, is he there? Nope, Simon Peter is Simon dead. Peter with a last round pick. That's that's criminal. Yeah. Simon Peter. Now look, look kind of like Paul, he's definitely a flawed cat. Like he's very impulsive, but my goodness, like his sermon at Pentecost, his ongoing work, the fact that he's the rock. Yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Big pick. Yeah. I'm going to go with the writer of Hebrews. <laughs> you can't prove that that's human. I can't prove that it's not. All right. The writer of Hebrews. <laughs> that's so Sensational stupid. book. That is so stupid. Why is that stupid? <laughs> You're just I like. Asked them, I asked it. It was clearly written by human hands. I'm going to take know. Kohelet. <laughs> we, we don't know who wrote it. It's up in the air. Sure. For me, it's a mystery grab bag. Yeah. I like what he put down on paper. I just realized one of us should have taken Melchizedek. 
Probably. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. Waiver wire. Waiver so wire. So re- read us the teams. Okay. And, and as you read it, listeners, let us know who you think wins this fantasy Bible draft, please. Okay. So this is your top 10. This bi- is my team. Biblical top 10 fantasy draft for Chris. Right. Daniel, John, Saul Paul, Noah, uh, Mary of Jesus, I've mm-hmm. put him down, uh, Ruth, Josiah, Joseph, Timothy, and then Simon Peter. It's a good. It's a good top. Yeah, 10. I'm pretty happy with that. You could you could definitely change the world with that top ten. Yeah. Okay. So I've got Elijah, Moses, Solomon, David, Luke, Elisha, Jacob, Levi, Mary Magdalene, and the writer of Hebrews. <laughs> the writer of Hebrews gets me every time. <laughs> He's on the board. Uh, he slash she, whoever it might be, was sure. on the board. I, I feel good about my team. Mine's classic, classic Duncan style when it comes to fantasy. We've got some character issues. Yep. We're we're probably not going to play well together, especially that Solomon David combination. That's, although, yeah, I, I don't know if it's I could. A bit play of an it. echo chain, but they probably bounce off each other. But could you play them at the same time? You couldn't. Mm. David's probably ending up in a cave somewhere lamenting to the Lord. We won't say what Solomon's doing. He's, he's with his harem. Yes. So. Um, can we just establish, right, in our fantasy sports competition, there's 12 of us? Yes. Yeah. Uh, can you just remind me, I've forgotten what position out of that 12 you currently sit. This is not fair. Um, I've played fantasy for 20 years. Can you years. answer my question, please? Well, because text... Text without context is a pretext <laughs> for whatever you want it to say. He's 12th. I'm dead last. He's by a long way. By about 20 games. Yeah, which is a lot. There is context for that. Yes. Is my one, two, and three draft picks yep. were all injured for like three months. And whose fault is that? It's not. They were healthy at the start of the season. Mm. Um, sh- I'm just going to put this out right now. Carl Anthony Towns. Mm. I will never, ever draft you again. <laughs> you are the softest player in the history of basketball. And with your talent, you should be all NBA. But you have broken my heart and I will not draft you again. You've heard it here first. Is that it? Sure. Why not? Are we finishing this? I, th- I think so. I think if you can tell us who who wins the draft, we'll be back next week with a little bit more. In fact, a, a very serious one, can I say. But... What, said, what are we doing next week? Gender dysphoria. Wow. Gear yeah. shift. Yes. Okay. Yes. But I think, again, my reflection on all of this is sometimes it's good. This podcast is like a, an example of that for, for life, the Sabbath concept. Yeah. And I don't want to extend it and make it too tenuous. But just one of my reflections is sometimes it's just all right to have a bit of fun with your mates and to not have to justify it anyway. And it's just enjoyable. Beautiful. Yeah. See you next week. See you later. <laughs>